Chris Lee is in the studio with us today. He's going to be giving us some details just about his music, who he is, why he plays music, what inspires him, the usual. A little something we started doing uh, earlier this month, and hopefully we can continue throughout the year in 2019, shining the spotlight on local musicians here in the Jamestown area. So Chris will be with us in a moment. In the meantime, let's start things off with a track from his band, This is from Desecrator. It is from their album, which is entitled Die For You, Dead Without You. It was released 15 years ago. This is the opening track of the album. It is entitled Disappear. On the other side, Chris Lee joining us in the studio right here on Arts on Play.
Once again, that was music from Desecrator, Disappear, from their 2004 album, Die For You, Dead Without You. We've got Chris Lee from Desecrator in this studio with us today on Arts on Fire. Chris, thanks for taking time out and talking with us. Hey, my pleasure. Always a pleasure to to talk with you as well and to uh, get our listeners familiarized with some of the local musicians here in town. Uh, Of course, you've been doing it for a long time now, more than two decades, right? Uh, Yeah, I started playing professionally in the early 90s, so... No kidding. Early night. So this is back when you were still in high school. Yeah, pretty much. Right on, right on. Well, like I said, we wanted to um, talk a little bit about just uh, your music as well as what you're doing nowadays. But, you know, a good place to start out with is, is just when did you start playing music? I mean, uh, folks might be familiar with you because you're in the band We Speak Canadian along with some other past projects. But, I mean, sure. like you said, you've been doing this for a long time now. So when did, you actually, when did you actually start and what got you um, interested in music? Um, I started fooling around playing the guitar in about 1988. Um, I was always kind of interested, you know, uh, growing up in the 80s and watching MTV and, and all that stuff. Like, I wanted a guitar, I wanted to play, and a friend of mine got one, like I said, around 87, 88, and we started noodling around. I started playing seriously around 1991, went and got myself a paper out and bought my, you know, first real guitar, and it's been, you know, all downhill since then. Right. So so uh, one of the other projects you're involved with is Desecrator. That is uh, some pretty heavy stuff. Have you always been interested in, in heavy metal music and things along that line? Oh, absolutely. I I, I, I tell a lot of people, like, uh, I got my first Iron Maiden album for Christmas in 1982. Um, you know, Number of the Beast. So, I mean, I was five years old at the time. Nice. Um, I had slightly older uncles. You know, they're, they were going on being teenagers at that point and so they were into that kind of stuff and so i got into it as well from doing that so i mean like yeah, heavy metal has been a lifelong passion for me right right i know that when i was growing up too i can remember seeing um motley crew iron maiden i had a neighbor who enjoyed listening to black sabbath so that's how i got uh, indoctrinated into some of that music but it never uh struck a passion with me to get out and start playing it i mean it was just something that um you found you, you transitioned to pretty easily playing the music that you like listening to? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, when I, you know, wanted to start playing guitar and then I got a guitar, um, I had a lot of musical influences even at the time just from a playing standpoint other than just loving heavy metal and listening to heavy metal. Like, I was a big fan of The Doors, um, a big fan of, uh, you know, like, obviously Black Sabbath and that kind of stuff. But uh, I also cut a lot of my teeth playing-wise, like, you know, learned some Stevie Ray Vaughan and... And different things. I'm not a huge blues fan, but like I, I love, you know, Stevie's playing and stuff like that. So I got into a lot of different aspects of playing. Like uh, you know, again with Robbie Krieger from the Doors, uh, he was big on playing like flamenco, um, and those guys were kind of jazzy and bluesy. So I mean, I got a, a real big, wide palette of stuff. And then I heard Dream Theater in early '90s, and, and be the prog rock guys they are. They incorporated so many different things that I that I just love. So. So, so how did you um, start playing the guitar? Did you just teach yourself or did you take lessons? I am uh, completely self-taught. No um, kidding. Which is easy nowadays because you can go online, go on YouTube, yeah. and, and you're not really self-taught, but at least you kind of get the idea of, of you know how chords work and progression and yeah. things like that. But back in those days, there was no YouTube to turn to, right? Uh, no, there wasn't. Uh, I went to the library and, and I got a book out of music theory. Uh, and it was basically... More around jazz guitar because it was older, so that would have been more of the thing. Like I think the book was written in the fifties, 
Um, so jazz guitar was more of a thing. So all the theory was based around jazz. And while a lot of it was over my head at that time as a beginning player, I retained the knowledge. And as I got more involved in playing, it, it would click. Right on. Again, we're talking with uh, Chris Lee, local musician. He's with, of course, the uh, the band We Speak Canadian, but he also is with the uh, band Desecrator, which went on hiatus, but now has uh, uh, played fairly recently. We'll be playing again in the near future. We'll talk about that in just a moment, Chris. But uh, you started playing the guitar then when you were pretty young. When did you get good enough to actually get a band together and uh, start playing out publicly? Uh, we started our first bands in, in probably in high school, like I think 1993, 94. Uh, played our first shows, you know, around then. Um, started really playing out uh, more regularly post-1995 after graduation. Uh, that's when we started Desecrator. It was in f December of 1995, right after Christmas. So uh, we just had our 23rd birthday. We can go out and drink now. Where were you playing at? Were you playing at, like, the, the keg room or uh, Nelly's Deli and places like that? Uh, Ten Pin Lane. Yeah, some of yeah our I remember first Ten Pin Lane. Um, yeah, stuff like that. We'd go up to Buffalo and play. There wasn't a lot of local opportunity back then for a heavy metal band. We did play at Potter's Terrace, I think, um, or at least one of my bands did back around that time because uh, that was kind of the thing back then. They used to have shows over there at, at Potter's Terrace. And, uh, yeah, I mean, once we got a little bit older, you know, it was, we'd get out and start playing in some of the bars and, and things like that. But What, 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 uh, <laughs> what exactly, or I should say who exactly were in – the early bands with you? Um, so like, uh, I don't know, the, the early lineup of Desecrator was uh, myself and, and Rob Fiasco, uh, Jeremy Funk, uh, Tony Piazza, and then uh, Andy Almquist would have been our first drummer. Um, we've gone through as many drummers as Spinal Tap at this point. <laughs> right. Um, so... <laughs> So, so uh, that's a creator. You recorded some music, and I know that there was at least one album floating around, and that's the one that had what uh, Requiem for the Recently Departed. Yes. And yeah. and when was that album released, and how was that like? Uh, that was really the first recorded music you did, right? That was actually the last recorded music okay. we did. Um, we did our first demo tape in nineteen ninety late nineteen ninety six or early nineteen ninety seven. I want to say right. Um, and the second one was shortly thereafter. We did another three songs. Um, Andy Almquist played in the first one, and then we got Mike Brentley, who's played in a bunch of other local bands. He became our drummer. He played in the second and some of the, maybe the third and fourth one. Um, we put those out, uh, let's see, so the first one would have been 96, and then the second one, 97. I think our third one did 98. Our fourth one would have been around 2000. Um, and then the album that had uh, the song you mentioned we released it in 2004. We recorded it in 2003, early 2004. Right. I remember having that album in rotation when I was over at um, 103.1 The Fox and the mm -hmm. Homegrown Show. I remember that was an album that we had in rotation. I can't seem to find it here at WRFA, so we might have to fix that. I've got copies in the truck with me right now. <laughs> right on, right on. And we do have one of them, at least, so we, we'll make sure we play that during this uh, this broadcast here. Uh, so, so, Chris, let's talk about Desecrator now. You, you mentioned that you put your last album out in 2004. Here it is, 2019, so that was 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but you all still are playing from time to time, or at least you're bringing it back now this year? Yeah, we, we kind of put it to rest in 2012, um, in February 2012, so almost seven years ago now. And then uh, we've done two reunion shows over the last couple of years. And then uh, after the last one here, we, we played in October. Um, we had a conversation, decided that we're not as busy with some of our other projects right now, so maybe we can make a little time and do a handful of shows this year. 
and sort of take it from there. You've been writing any new songs or playing a lot of the old the old hits? Mostly playing the old hits right now. Um, we haven't really talked about making new music. We'll see how doing a handful of shows goes, and you know if it's something that people want to put more time into. I'm always open to it. Um, you know, it depends on how the other guys feel about that. So. Again, we're talking with Chris Lee. He's with the band We Speak Canadian as well as Desecrator. We're talking about his time with uh, Desecrator and the fact that we'll be playing some more shows here in 2019, which is exciting for all the Desecrator fans. Uh, Chris, getting back to the music of Desecrator, this was all original metal music. This wasn't something that uh, you were covering too much, right? I mean, these are all songs that you all wrote together? Yeah, I mean, we did record a few covers over the years, and when we would do live shows, if we wanted to play a full night by ourselves, we did a lot of older metal covers and stuff. We do, you know, a lot of Sabbath and Metallica and Megadeth and Anthrax and Grim Reaper and you name it. Um, we did a lot of that kind of stuff too. But yeah, I mean, it's primarily original music. Uh, we, re we did record an Iron Maiden cover for a, a tribute album once, uh, a Venom cover for a tribute album once. And then uh, a lot of people know us because we recorded a like a speed metal version of Dust in the Wind from Kansas. Yeah, I remember that as well. Uh, some of the music that you write originally, though, somewhat irreverent, taking on themes of death and uh, things that are all good things that come with uh, metal music and borderline death metal. I don't want to say you guys play death metal music because it's not quite that. You're more proficient yeah. and more progressive than straight-up death metal, or is that inaccurate? We always sort of uh, refer to ourselves as being melodic progressive death thrash. Okay. Um, thrash metal was probably the biggest basis of everything, but... Uh, Definitely, like, I have a love of progressive music, so that shines through a lot. Um, we love death metal and black metal and you name it. So, I mean, little elements of all those things kind of creep in there. But we are always big on still having melody with everything. Who, uh, who wrote all the lyrics for, for your songs? Uh, the last album we did, uh, Tony and I collaborated on a lot of the stuff. Um, prior to that, you know, I wrote some, Rob wrote some, Tony wrote some. It was all just sort of whoever brought something to the table. Right on. You know, I, like I said, I, it always uh, struck me the way some of those, the themes some of those songs took on. It's enjoyable if you, if you like that style of music. Irreverent, obviously, but still a lot of fun. And that's why I enjoyed it so much listening to it. Um, so I will give hats off to whoever wrote the lyrics. But again, the, the proficiency at which you guys played is really uh, high level, too. It was amazing to think there's young guys or uh, these guys from Jamestown, New York, are playing that quality of uh, metal music. Sometimes a little sloppy, but you guys... I never noticed you being sloppy. I'm not a, a music critic, so to speak, but it, it sounded really tight. Yeah, I, I mean, we were always real big on being technical and, and being proficient. Um, so that was kind of something that was important to us. So. Right on. Once again, you're listening to Arts on Fire here on WRFA. We've got Chris Lee in the studio for the first half an hour. Later on in the show, we'll be checking in with James Bliss. He's going to change the pace up for us and uh, recite some poetry, some original poetry that he has written. Uh, stick around for that. Also, some details about different arts and events happening, going on in the Jamestown area. Uh, right now, though, we will uh, pick up our conversation with Chris in just a moment. But let's get back to uh, some more music from his band, the band we are just talking about right now, Desecrator. Uh, this is from the album Die For You, Dead Without You, and this is Requiem for the Recently Departed, and it's right here on Arts on Fire.
That's another track from Desecrator, Requiem for the Recently Departed. We do have Desecrator's Chris Lee in the studio with us for the first half hour here on Arts on Fire, and let's resume our conversation. So you don't have any shows booked right now, or do you have a, a gig that you can let us know when, when Desecrator's going? I mean, obviously, I think We Speak Canadian plays just about every weekend, it seems like, or, or close enough. Yeah, We Speak Canadian is uh, pretty well booked, and of course, you know, a couple of other guys in, in Desecrator are playing Two for Flinching as well. Um, so we kind of try and book the desecrator stuff around, you know, what's available and when we do something. But we do have one show booked right now from early March. Uh, it's Tuesday, March 5th. Uh, we're playing in Niagara Falls with uh, the National Touring Act, The Three Tremors, which features uh, Tim Owens, Ford of Jewish Priest. Nice. In its ranks. How did you get that gig? Um, I know a couple of the Tremors, actually, um, and some of the guys in the band, uh, Sean Peck, and uh, Harry Conklin. Uh, Harry's from Jag Panzer, and Sean plays with Cage, Denner Sherman, and Death Dealer. Um, and uh, I knew Sean from like playing there on the classic metal circuit, like years and years and years ago with Desecrator, like in the like around two thousand ish that era. Um, I've known Harry for a long time because we befriended the guys from Jag Panzer, um, and I know a couple of the guys from the band Cage. Uh, I met them, you know. They were filling in on tour with another band at a time, so I, you know, had the opportunity to hang out with them and, and stuff. And so, when uh, I followed kind of what's going on and then putting out this record, because the whole concept is the three tremors, like uh, kind of like the three tenors. So you have these three guys that are just giant metal screaming guys, uh, not like the death metal screaming guys, right. but you know, like more like Judas Priesty kind of stuff. Um, I actually got the album last night. Uh, my digital download from the Pledge Music came through. Uh, and it's super vocally over the top. It's three guys just wailing at the top of their lungs almost the entire time. It's fantastic. Nice. Have to uh, check it out. You you did a show what in November I think it was right right around Thanksgiving or in that general uh, ballpark. October. Yeah. October is when it was. Yep. Who was it that opened for you all? They weren't from around here. right? We had uh, well local favorites. Feverhawk opened that show, and right. then the uh, the guys from Vedic. Venic, yeah, that's the band I'm thinking of. They're a, a Philadelphia-based band, and uh, I've known Matt, their guitar player, for a number of years. Uh, he used to play in a band called, um, well, he plays in a band called Single Bullet Theory, and then he used to play in a band called Pissing Razors back in the late 90s, early 2000s. That's something like you see a doctor they, for. They're fairly popular in the underground scene. Right so. on. So, so you got your gig coming up in March, and of course you talk about, we talked a little bit about the fact that you're with the... Uh, <laughs> The, the great cover band We Speak Canadian and it's really funny I shouldn't say funny but it's 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 neat to see you play these covers you know 80s hits and all that and, and of course you helped us out with our fundraiser last year at uh, Southern Tree Brewing Company again playing cover music and a lot of it is just not the type of music I'm used to seeing you play that's original or the other stuff but is it do you do it just because it pays money or do you enjoy playing some of these uh, popular songs from the 80s and 90s uh, no actually it's both um Obviously, the the money part's good. Right. Uh, you know, when I was in two for flinching, like you know, we played a hundred shows a year. Like I was doing this for a living before I decided to get another day job. Um, but uh, when we started, we speak Canadian. Um, you know, like we wanted to do more modern top forty kind of stuff and maybe some throwback kind of stuff. But we kind of add a little personality to it. Um, you know, I play an eight string guitar on it. We make some of the songs a little bit heavy and rock and roll. With, you know, instead of just being synth pop, you know, teeny bopper dance music that you're hearing like on some of the other stations in town, um, it's fun. 
Yeah, it looks like you guys are having fun. It's, it's a lot of fun to go see you perform live, and you always draw a great crowd, so obviously I think a lot of people feel that way. So, so getting back to Desecrator, not so much locally anyway, it's, it's hard to find gigs on a regular basis in Jamestown when you're, you're a metal band, or is that changing a little bit? Uh, no, I mean, it's not good right now. Um, you know, we don't have a lot of venues that cater to the original scene anymore, um, at least especially not the heavy stuff. I, I know the Shattercoin Club's open now, and they're... they're Big thing is that, you know, they're trying to promote music and they've been willing to take on some more original projects and stuff like that. I think it's great. Um, right now, I think they're shying away from anything that's a little too extreme. They're not really interested in doing hip hop and metal um, until they kind of feel things out and right. get on their feet. Um, with Mojo's being closed, I mean, like, you know, we lost a venue. Kurt was nice enough to let me move my last Desecrator show from Mojo's to Shawbucks when that happened. And, uh, I mean, Kurt's been good like that. I have a really good relationship with him. So, but uh, I'd love to see more more places that would do that kind of thing around here. Uh, the scene kind of ebbs and flows. You know, it seems like uh, back when the Home Grow Show started, and you know, we put out our last record, uh, there was a good scene, and you could go places, and you could play original music, um, and even up until Mojo's closed, like that was still a, a viable option. And right now, it's just not so much. So, right. Well, our listeners out there, if you all uh, know of a venue or thinking of opening one yourself, make sure you do so because it's, it's always good to have a, a warm place for our local live music to uh, be able to be played on a regular basis. And while there are venues, as Chris noted, that do that, it doesn't hurt to have a few more as well and diversify uh, some of the, uh, the music that's available out there for folks. I will, uh, I will throw out, I'm actually I'm looking to book a show somewhere in the local region. Uh, you, you know, anywhere from Erie to Bradford uh, on Monday, March the 4th, the night before we play in Niagara Falls um, for that Niagara Falls show. Former drummer Eric McRae is driving up from North Carolina to play that show with us. So I want to make it worth his while and uh, try and get an extra show in on that Monday if I can, just to have some fun and shake off the rust. Right on. Well, hopefully you'll find something again if people are listening and know of a, an adequate venue or a place that would work for that night. Make sure you, uh, you make it happen. Um, all my questions are satisfied, Chris. Like I said, I just wanted to start this year by uh, giving our listeners more familiarized with the folks who uh, keep the local music scene alive here in Jamestown, and you're definitely doing your part, so we appreciate it. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap things up? No, that was about it. Um, I'll be, I don't know when the show is going to air, but uh, you know, you can always check the We Speak Canadian uh, page on Facebook and find out where we're playing. Um, we'll be at Shawbucks on January 26th, and uh, beyond that, uh, we've got scattered shows all over the area. Right on. Get out and enjoy it. Support some local music and uh, look forward to seeing Desecrator play locally at some point too this year. So uh, keep us posted whenever you do get a show uh, booked here in the Jamestown area. Absolutely. Chris Lee, thanks for talking with us today on Arts on Fire. Hey, my pleasure, Jason. Thank you. Again, you're listening to Arts on Fire here on WRFA. Special thanks to Chris Lee for stopping by and talking with us. Keeping the metal thing going on uh, this week with uh, Chris and music from Desecrator. Of course, last week we had uh, Sean Lander in the studio. That interview is now at our website, WRFALP.com, in case you missed that. Next week we'll be mixing it up a little bit, slowing things down, and bringing in a singer, songwriter, acoustic performer, Will Russell, who is uh, somebody who does a great job performing, and he uh, attends workshops around the Northeast to uh, hone his craft. He'll be in the studio with us next week. You might remember uh, Will from the other uh, group, the duo, uh, Doc and Will, who still play quite a bit. Uh, Doc Hamels and Will Russell. Will, the uh, one half of that duo, will be uh, joining us next week here on Arts on Fire. Stay tuned for that. Uh, what we do have coming up in a moment is James Bliss coming into the studio to talk with us. James is a, a local uh, writer 
creative writer, also does uh, some commentary. In the meantime, though, he, he'll be sharing some of his creative writing skills with us with some uh, poetry in a moment or two, along with a, a brief conversation. Stick around for that. I think what we're going to do is play one more track from Desecrator. This is the uh, song that Chris had mentioned in his interview, the, uh, the one cover that they have on their album. Uh, this is Dust in the Wind. Of course, yeah, the classic song done by Kansas originally and sped up, and rightfully so, by Desecrator. On the other side of this, we will have the rock and roll rundown for you for this week. And then we will have James Bliss stopping by in the studio. Stick around. More to come right here on Arts on Fire. Oh, my. 